How's everybody doing? And I want to apologize to everybody, first things first, for not wearing a hat. Um, this must be awful for a lot of you. Talk too much MMA episode 20. Um, very short milestone, but a milestone nonetheless. Name me any other 23-year-olds that have a are 20 episodes in in an MMA podcast. Granted, I make no money off this, but <laughs> not that it's something to brag about. But I feel good about it just because... I'd be lying if I said I was for sure going to get to episode 20 when I started this. I was just like, it's more of a week-by-week -week thing. But nonetheless, here we are, and football just started, and we're about to open up basketball, and things are, you know, piling up, and it, life is going great. Um, I'm graduating college in April, but besides that, man, I know for a fact we've all been kind of excited for this episode. Maybe not this episode, but we've been excited about this past weekend. For a year, we've been waiting for our guy, my guy, Habib, the Eagle Nurmagomedov, to return to the UFC octagon. He did just so in Abu Dhabi, defending his lightweight championship, unifying it, I should say, against Dustin Poirier, who was the interim lightweight champion after beating Max Holloway earlier this year for the interim lightweight belt due to Habib's extended absence. Did y'all watch that fight? I watched that fight. I for sure watched that fight. I woke up at 11, 11.30. I was up before. Grant, you should not be waking up at 11, 11.30 anyway. But it was early in the morning. I turned my, my UFC pass on, and here comes these fights. I'm going to notice, before we get into these fights, there's a very, very, very interesting aspect about the UFC's marketing scheme to this fight. Um, and it, it just really blew my mind. Have you guys ever been excited for a fight card? Yeah, I'm sure you have, just like me. Have you ever remembered that fight card just springing up on you? Oh, shit, UFC 242's here. Because to me and JD, UFC 2, we were talking about it a month ago, next thing you know, it's here. Why did it spring up on us so fast? Why is this a weird, like, why am I being so weird about this? Because I want to point out the UFC's marketing tactic. If you noticed, there was very, I'm talking very minimal UFC promotion for this fight in the States compared to other cards. Granted, you might still see some promote promos for this fight every now and then. Compared to other cards, compared to that Jones fight, you saw billboards. You heard it on the radio, on your ads in between SoundClouds. You heard it on your fucking uh, phone. Every, every, you just get updates about it all the time. You'd see it on social media. This card, other than the UFC, the MMA Fighting SBN, the, the MMA Press, no one was really dumping content to the audience, like promoting this card out here in the States. And I was really thinking about it. And I was like, why? And that's when I kind of realized, because the UFC doesn't want to, they want to make the most for their money, right? They want to get the best investment on their return. They're not going to dump millions of dollars in promotion here in the States for Habib when all of us here have deep-rooted hatred for Habib. This dude promoted Putin, jumped out the cage, disrespected the Las Vegas Athletic Commission, attacked Dylan Danis after the fight, repped Putin. Like, that's the only thing I didn't fuck with is he really, really, really represented Vladimir Putin. Um, in that press conference, he said so, because Connor said, oh yeah, you're probably going right now and Putin's going to be calling you to congratulate you. And Habib said, so what? So what if he is? And respect to him for having national pride and all and re re you know, respecting his leader, who he sees as a leader, but I just don't fuck with Putin. So <laughs> he is one of the goats, but I don't fuck with him. Um, that's besides the point. The point is the UFC spent a lot of money marketing this fight overseas. Um, in my opinion, was it necessarily 
why, what do I think of this? I think it was very, very ingenious. I think that what they did is they built a presence overseas. They, no other sports organization, maybe the NBA to a small extent, has this ability. They could literally be as big in the States as, like, they could be as big as any in the world, anywhere in the world as they are in the States. The UFC is just as big per person in Ireland as it is in the U.S. Why? Because their national hero is their biggest, you know, the highest paid fighter in the UFC. So I think the UFC is very smart in trying to localize these athletes. And by localize, I mean make them their presence bigger and promote them more when in their hometowns, where they're from. And it also, again, it's just very interesting to see a sports organization, a business entrepreneur, a business mogul, the owners of the UFC, Dana White, operate their business overseas. You know, like they have to keep in mind like political lines like okay how can i promote this fight in iran u.s isn't that good with iran you know or like let me promote this fight in abu dhabi like they're crossing you know racial barriers like national barriers um to do this to grow their business and as an aspiring entrepreneur it's kind of like interesting to see like you guys got to understand creating a business there's no rubric you know you want to be a doctor you go to school it has your whole rubric go to school go to med school boom you apply you get an internship you apply uh for whatever the fuck they're called and they're specific name for their internships, but you apply, you do them and then you get the job or whatever. You have to work your way up, be the best. I wish there was a rubric for this. No, it's, we have to generate views. I don't know how to generate views, but we have to, um, that's our rubric. And you know, it's really, that's how you grow your business. And so for, as an aspiring entrepreneur, it's very admirable watching a guy like Dana White got watching this growing, this is the fastest growing business in the world. Definitely the fastest growing sports business, not the fastest growing business, the UFC. Um, so again, it's very inspiring to see that. And I just am excited to see where the UFC goes this upcoming year. But without much further ado, we really got to get into this card because man, I've been waiting for this fight for a while. And I will say it hit exactly my expectations i could not have predicted this fight to go any more the way it did habib dominated dealt with minimal signs of worry very minimal and dominated 97 percent of the fight that's what happened so i'm gonna get into this fight getting into this fight i was really hyped on dustin poirier i really liked his self-confidence his self-belief he really thought he had it he thought he was going to beat habib um and what i really respected more about him that opened my eyes is he is a nimrod he's adult um, but I've known this, you know, and that's why I hated him. But now I like him because this Nimrod has a mental capacity for one thing in his brain. I got to provide for my family. And this belt would exponentially give me, would give me an exponential advantage to do in doing so. So the only thing this dude can manage to think of, it seems like, is providing for his family. But man, is that thought going a long ways for him. He is, the streak he's been on in the UFC, the improvements he has made as a fighter over the last couple of years have been exceptional. You're talking about a guy that just attacked someone and brawled. He knew he had heavy hands. This is what he was earlier on. He was a calculated guy. He had great hands. But you're not, bro, he's not competing with these high elite strikers back then. Now, he added some intelligence to his game. Let's have some patience. I'm not going to rush in. I'm not going to just fight you whenever. Um... So again, I don't really, by the way, really quickly, shout out, Saquon Barkley is a pie cap. I just got a text. That's phenomenal. Good to you, my brother, Saquon Barkley. Anyway, um, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is a phenomenal athlete, man. He really grew, I really gained a sense of respect for him in the sense that he was really shook after he lost his fight. We all knew he was going to lose. 
he did it. And he was crying because this was a shot to really, really, really set his family up for generations to come. It's so crushing as a fan. Watching a man lose his opportunity to set up his family for generations to come. Just watch it slip away. You saw the hurt in his eyes. And it's just sad because he really believed it. But going, and you have to believe it to win. But that's the double-edged sword of MMA, man. Sometimes you run into those guys like these generational athletes like Habib Nurmagomedov. If you guys watch this fight, I'm going to get into this fight. Um, so the fight opens up. You could, I love Habib coming into the fight. We knew his game plan. He was going to go for the takedown. Um, you know, they felt each other out on the feet. You know, they were just, you know, kind of not in the pocket, just a little bit at bay, just feeling each other out. And then Habib shoots in and Dustin kind of defends it. But then Habib puts him up against the cage. And you know what they say, up against the cage with Habib, you're in Habib's world. You're in Habib's world. And man, from that spot, Habib just took him down and put in that work. I love how he traps his opponent's feet with his feet. Rarely do you ever see someone neutralize their opponent's, uh, one of their opponent's limbs with one of their own limbs and use another. So no one will really use your feet and your hands at the same time. It's very hard to, to neutralize an opponent, as in put a limb of theirs in your feet and another limb in your between, with your arms. Um, <laughs> Habib Nurmagomedov did. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, once he puts you on his back, the f most dangerous thing is when he traps your legs with his legs and has just that freedom where he just has an advantage on top of you, where he could just boom, where he could just boom. And uh, that's foul, man. Because just you saw Dustin's face, man. They were open to those shots. He had nothing in the tank. He There was a moment in that fight where I think you heard um, actually, he had a lot in the tank. I was wrong there. His cardio is phenomenal. But there's a moment in that fight where you heard him say, bro, get this fucking dude off me. That is Habib Nurmagomedov. That pressure is like... Him and Tony are different in the sense that Tony will keep coming at you, keep pressing forward. I'm not saying Habib's just going to rush in constantly. But Habib will... Con there, will not be a, there will not be a millisecond of that fight where Habib is not looking for that takedown. That is foul, man. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. This guy is unbeatable at this division, man. Dustin Poirier is not beating him. He was never going to beat him. Everybody was saying, that's it. I'm picking Poirier. My friend Keith Fletcher, who you all know so well. Not really, but he's been on the show. Uh, he said, oh, okay, that's it. I watched the videos. I'm sold on Dustin. How, man? How are you sold on Dustin? What does Dustin have? Forget the emotions. Forget the dramatics. What did Dustin have in his tank that would beat Habib? grappling absolutely not you were hoping on that power shot it's the same shot as same story for connor and it's gonna be the same story for his next shot next fight is he gonna land that power shot although i would love to see justin gaethje versus habib but we just don't know and honestly habib took him down ground and pound there was a time where uh you know poirier in the second or third round right before habib finished him uh, Habib took him down, but Poirier caught a guillotine. And I'm not lying to you guys, this guillotine was in deep. Like, it was a full-on guillotine. There was Habib was on top, Poirier was in full guard, and he had a guillotine locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Maybe a, a little bit inches of breathing room, this dude almost beat Habib. I was watching the fight, and I was like this, because Habib was dominating the whole fight. Habib was dominating that whole fight. I was watching that fight, and I saw Dustin sinking that guillotine, and I was like, This might be the biggest upset of all time. 
And I, I was like, my heart was shaking because I was like, there's no way he's not getting out of it. It was locked in. I was like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? That's bullshit. Habib losing right now? So what does Habib do? He puts more pressure on his head. He puts his body forward, leans forward, kind of uses his feet to raise his body, and then just pushes up. And it takes about, dude, it was scary because it took him 40 seconds to get out of that. Dude, that shit was locked in so well. But eventually, Dustin's arms got tired after Habib kept struggling. But Habib didn't just struggle, struggle. He, he struggled. He did it intelligently. He, as I said, he put more of his pressure on his head, which loosened the grip on his head. Then he tried his best to pull out, and it finally got it. And then that was all she wrote, because then he got really mad. And then he just put Dustin in a rear naked choke and choked the fuck out of him. He was like, oh, you want to choke me out? Take this motherfucker. And it was bad, too. Dustin was like, all of a sudden, the fight was like, oh, everybody was like, Dustin, Dustin. Then all of a sudden, you look at the screen, this dude's like, <coughs> barely even breathe. It was just so embarrassing. Um, sorry, I hate to throw shade. I'm a big Habib guy, in case you guys didn't know. Um, and the funny thing is, when he locked that rear naked choke in, bro, Dustin's feet were on the ground. Habib's feet were nowhere in trapping his body. If Dustin really tried, he might have been able to get out of it. I don't know about that. That was also pretty locked in, but he didn't have full control of Dustin's body. So there might have been an experienced jujitsu guy might have gone out of that. Um, but I mean, Dustin is very good in jujitsu, but I'm talking about a Damian Maya might have been able to get out of that because, man, this dude Habib, no one has anything for this guy in that division. Someone said, I think it was Ariel Hawani, he said, Valentina Shevchenko is so much farther ahead of her division than any other champion. And I think we're only saying that because that lightweight division is dummy stacked and has dummy big ass names. It's one of the best divisions ever. But bro, that's how good Habib is. And honestly, Habib might be the GOAT. If you're gonna, he is definitely in a top five conversation. He's a 28 and 0 fighter. The only knock I have against him is he's never fought anybody really that good, but he fought Connor. And he beat Connor pretty handily. And then he beat Dustin Poirier, who beat, who beat Max Holloway pretty handily. Have you ever seen Habib in trouble, honestly? Have we ever seen Habib in like, oh shit, he might lose this fight? No. Who? Connor? Who? Connor? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dustin Poirier. But even then, it wasn't like a, it was like, oh, he had him subbed. But even, there was something inside of me that was like, okay, Habib's too good of a grappler to get caught by that. But actually, that's crazy. Now that you mentioned that, this was the most dangerous, the closest Habib's ever come to losing was in this fight. And it wasn't even like dangerous, dangerous. Just Dustin got to choke it which Habib pulled out. What happened when uh, Robbie Lawler was dominating Ben Askren and Ben Askren got that bulldog choke and we all saw what happened. They called the fight. So give him prep, give Habib props for coming out of this. Although I thought it would have been really hard to prematurely call a fight against Habib in Abu Dhabi. I think that ref would have not made it out that arena live. So I think Habib was winning that fight regardless. But so now that we've gotten this dynamic settled out, Dustin Poirier, I respect you. And Dustin Poirier, you are a great fighter. And Dustin Poirier, one more thing. I want to see you. You're fighting at 155, right? I want to see you stick at that division. I don't want to see you go back down to 145. Stay at 155, and I want to see you run through these names. We're seeing, apparently, Jorge Masvidal is fighting Nate Diaz November 2nd. I think that might be welterweight. Yeah, I think that might be welterweight. But as for lightweight, if they're those two are going to fight, hey, Dustin... Why don't you get your guy Connor? Let's run Dustin Connor too. And then let's Connor on tweeted, book the second fight. He was talking about the Habib fight. Book the second Dustin fight. Tony Ferguson deserves Habib, goddammit. We all want to see Connor Habib too, but we want to see Tony versus Habib one. That is his biggest threat. That is the one guy, presumably, people are saying will beat him. We need to see Tony versus Habib. 
So now, what's the dynamic in play? We know Dustin's not getting another shot. So we look at Habib, and we see two possible opponents. Tony might turn Habib down. Why might Tony turn Habib down? Bro, dude, Tony's a dumbass if you t because okay, so per report per JD, we just got a report on live. Tony might turn down the fight against Habib if they get it booked. What do I think of this? I think this guy's just extra trying to get attention. He's a clown. All right. He I get it, he won the belt, got stripped unfairly. Let's stop this with the attention. You want your shot, it's here. I think Tony's scared to fight Habib a little bit. There's no other explanation. You're going through everybody. I want the belt, I want the belt. Okay, you earned it. Here's your title shot. No, I don't want it. What's the explanation? Like what, you're too good, you want more money? It's not even a money thing. You're getting paid pretty handsomely at this point. You're Tony Ferguson. But, and regardless, you're, you'd be getting paid way more handsomely if you're fighting Habib. But, so I don't know what it is, but let's, let's talk about this now. So Tony wants to not take this fight, right? What do I think of this? I think he's an idiot, and if he does not take this fight, I don't ever want to cover this fool again. Now he's a joke. Second of all, I think if he does take this fight, it would be a phenomenal fight. I do think he would cause some problems for Habib in the first minute or two. I low-key didn't like. There was a moment in this fight when Justin, Dustin started bull rushing Habib, and Habib looked a little panicked. Not, not too extensive to call it dangerous, but it was a little, the crowd started being like, oh, they were like starting to get a little worried. So what do I think of this? I think Conor McGregor is phenomenal. I cannot wait. I hope he gets it just because he wants it. And he's been working at it for the past 12 months, 10 months. He's been in nonstop training camp. Yeah, he's been in the news doing stupid shit, but guess what? He's been training this whole time. You saw that left hook to that old man. Looked a lot better than that left hook to Habib, didn't it? <laughs> I actually did some damage. No, I'm joking. No, but I think Conor deserves this fight. Um, I would love to see Conor Habib too. I want to see Conor's progression as an athlete. Quite frankly, if Conor wins, it might be the biggest trilogy in combat sports history. Let alone, it might be bigger than any boxing trilogy ever just because of how big social media is now. Not saying Habib and Connor are better or bigger than guys like Sugar Ray or Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson, but like, or Foreman or, or Evander Holyfield, those big ass trilogies. But I'm saying the way social media is today, as much hype as Connor McGregor has around him at this moment in time, other fighters had that hype because of how good they were. Connor is good, but it's that mouth, man. We are very interested in watching him fight. And I, I really. Ding, 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 ding. And we are Gucci in the Gucci. And I just really, 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 really want to see this fight. I know we're going to see it regardless. I'm confused on this whole Tony Ferguson aspect. And I would have loved to see Connor fight Dustin. However, with that being said, you guys, I'm going to be very honest with you. The world needs that Connor Habib 2 fight. We need that Connor Habib 2 fight. Um, we need to see what's going to happen. And basically that's it man like enough bullshit we all want this fight we all want this fight no other way around it um conor mcgregor habib 2 would be insane it'd probably be the biggest selling fight of all time now what i want to see in this fight is not just an improved grappling i want to see improved cardio i think conor has the grappling to withstand anybody brother believe it or not we need to see improved cardio from him next time he steps into the ring that's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm worried about in terms of Conor McGregor. In terms of Habib, bro, this dude, Habib, is such a one-sided fighter, but he's so good at grappling. I've never seen anybody just, like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if he's not that good standing up. I don't know how to explain it, man. I've never seen it like that. Like, there are certain fighters, like, if George St. Pierre, he's considered the best MMA grappler of all time before Habib.
Um, now that's a good debate. I wonder who you got. I would probably put Habib. But if George didn't have that Superman punch, if he didn't have that jab, if he didn't have those kicks, everybody would predict that takedown, and he wouldn't be nowhere near as good. Habib doesn't need that. People can predict the takedown, and Habib can still be as good. And that is fucking crazy. That's how good he is. This dude might be one of the goats. If not, like, who is... We need... The point of this, of a fighter in the octagon, is to not lose a fight. I don't see how someone's beating him unless they rock him on the feet and they're explosive and they have a crazy grappling pedigree, a.k.a. Justin Gaethje, the most slept-on fighter in that division. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> this is going to be a, a very crazy unwinding. We're going to see what's going to happen. This is, this is where the UFC does best, where they get to promote the dramatics. So... We're gonna. I'm very excited to see what's coming up next. Real talk. We might find out within the next week or two who both of these guys are fighting. Um, we might find out who Dustin Poirier is fighting again. Who Tony's fighting? We should just see Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson. If Dustin's not, if Tony turns down that fight, I want to see Dustin versus Tony. In which case, though, that's weird. Like, why are you doing that? Um. So again, one more thing. I want to thank all you guys out for listening or not listening or just this episode twenty. Um. I didn't think I'd make it to 20 episodes. I don't think this isn't shit. Nothing is going to come of 20 episodes. Nothing probably will come of 200. Um, well, let's not think that way. But I just want to thank, thank all of you, and it means a lot. I didn't, I didn't think I'd have 20 episodes of a podcast, an MMA podcast, this year out. You know what I mean? So thank you, everybody. And, again, football, we're about to hit the ground running, and then basketball's starting in a month. I don't think if you want – your the best news from all three sports. My name is Cena Palavon. Hit me up. I will help all of you for free. All of you listening, whatever you need sports advice. If anybody ever hears this part, because no one really listens to the end, but I'm just gonna throw it in there. Just text me. DM me any questions, fantasy advice, betting advice. I can't really help you with that betting. I don't bet as much as I should, but I want to help all of you. All of you. Fantasy is my shit. I know everything there is to know. Ask me for help. Um, and if I don't know you, don't ask me. But other than that, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Everybody ask me. At Talk Too Much Entertainment on Instagram. Another week, another dollar. My name is Cena. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Talk Too Much, episode 20.